Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So I'm here with Dinesh. Uh, he owns Applova, and uh, it's a uh, a company that allows for uh, ordering mechanisms via online and via kiosks at a table. Uh, uh, for people to buy at restaurants. And uh, so Dinesh, um, tell me a little bit about like your early beginnings. What, how did you start this company? What was your motivation behind it? Yeah, so actually, uh, so Aplova, you know, so for me, you know, we started Aplova in 2016. It took us almost a year, year and a half to really kind of get it up and running. Um, but before that, I have actually uh, started a mobile company based in in Asia, and Aplova was actually uh, you know came out when we actually had a, a certain kind of um, uh, uh, in, internal hackathons, and we were like looking for this for uh, telcos, right, for for mobile operators. But then we realized that this this had a wider spectrum rather than just operators. So that's how when we actually kind of set it up as a, uh, a startup and uh, kind of started uh, uh, building the organization after that. Awesome, awesome. And what, uh, what, what was your motivation behind working with restaurants? Yeah, so what we realized was that, you know, I, I think one, one of the key, key motivating factors was that, you know, we were building a platform that you can actually build um, you know, mobile applications without writing a single line of code. And uh, restaurants was the kind of a, a natural extension because, you know, for restaurants, you know, they, I mean, the, the restaurant owners are very, very good in, in what they do, where, you know, being, being a real great uh, uh, chef or kind of a being able to build great, a great uh, cuisines, but they may not be the most technically savvy Team. So Aplova was built as a very easy to build mobile applications and restaurants in that way was a kind of a natural um, extension because uh, for us to go because we looked at both restaurants and retail, but then decided that we will focus on the restaurant business at the beginning. I love it. I love it. Okay. And um, what, was there was there challenges starting the, uh, uh, the, the this business or uh, did you have? Yes. Yeah. So, so I think I think any startup is always challenging, right? So, so for us also, kind of it was a kind of an early stage. We were trying to do a product market fit. Um, we, we were looking at different different POS systems to integrate, and um, you know that that early, like I said, it, it it took us almost a year to about fifteen months for us to really kind of get our product market fit to uh, identify the right. Uh, uh, target segment that we want to go after. 
Okay, well, what's the targeted segment? Is it is, so? It's yeah. restaurants, but is it is it specific types of restaurants? Correct, correct. So so we we started focusing on QSR, quick serve restaurants and cafes as uh, you know kind kind of the beachhead for us, and then kind of a build from there. Okay, and and how did you do your market research on that? How did you um, decide on on that market? Yeah, so the market research actually the way that we we did was you know one was kind of a uh, maybe you know a little bit of going door to door kind of a kind of a, uh, knocking yeah. on nice. the yeah. I, I always say like door to door sales reps always make the best business people <laughs> because. So, it's just like it's the closest thing you can do to to running an actual business without running a business, just going door to door. Correct. You know. Correct. So actually, it was it was actually when we started, it was one of the uh, bubble tea shops in uh, in in Palo Alto was our first customer. You know, so we we learned quite a bit from them. Then uh, then we started actually using uh, uh, the on online um, kind of a more on you know inbound marketing where we actually started getting some requests and then we started kind of a working with them we um, even today we, we do a lot of hand holding we listen to our customers you know a lot of our um, you know kind of a features and some of that actually are kind of a suggested by by our current customers so so we always kind of a keep an eye and, and ears to kind of listen and see what customers are doing and bring that into our product. I love that. I love that. And uh, that's great. So I always felt like, yeah, like I said, you know, people that uh, go door to door, you know, it's very hard for, for, for those guys to go out of business <laughs> because they're just doing whatever, they'll just do whatever it takes. Um, do you feel that's true? Like, because you had the door-to-door experience, because you went door-to-door, you hustled in the, initially in the beginning, it's going to be very hard for you to go out of business because you just do whatever it takes. I, yeah, I think so. Because, you know, you, when you do that, you actually see what the customer pain is, you know, and what you are trying to solve, right? I mean, we are good, you know, we think we are good <laughs> staying behind the computer and trying to design things. But once you have it, um, in in front of a real customer, then only you realize, you know, how how difficult uh, it is. I can give you a very simple example: is that you know we designed a, a thing. You know, this, this was a one of the pizza restaurants, and uh, the 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 order receiving was too small um, because when they were clicking on that, you know, his. Uh, you know, he, he was almost clicking on two boxes. So we, we didn't realize, we thought that, you know, it, it would be great to kind of design something very slick. But when you put out to the customers, you realize that, I mean, you know, when, when you have, a, you know, big, big, big guys, they have big fingers, you know, so things like that, you know, <laughs> feedback, it make, makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, and so, did you did you have initial investors, seed investors? No, so we actually because like I mentioned, we actually kind of did a bootstrap plus you know because I had an early company that I was doing the mobile um, platform for uh, uh, telecom and uh, for for cell phone operators, and that's how we actually funded uh, the early stage. And then uh, I mean last year we actually did a seed round. But uh, the first uh, almost uh, 
two and a half years, uh, we, we actually bootstrapped the whole company. Wow. And did you hit seven figures in the first two years? We, we, we actually had some good numbers, um, which, yeah. which helped us to kind of uh, get into a seed round. Okay, good. Okay, cool. And, and so that's good. So when do you recommend someone uh, getting a seed round? Do you recommend like after they've seen some after they've seen some good numbers going on trying to pitch people or or what are, what are your thoughts on that i think i think for uh, us and maybe uh, is that you know you need to get your product market fit and then once you see the product market fit and then when you see a certain amount of uh, traction on a certain vertical or a certain segment i think then it's a good time to go uh, for a seed round because you are actually looking at building, uh, scaling that up or looking at another channel. So I think the key is to get one channel working. And then once you have that working, you know, then, then you can actually move on because for, for us, it was the seed round is the one actually we kind of used to kind of go into the channel side. So, you know, you know, we, we had, uh, more, uh, inbound and direct sales at the very early stage and then naturally with the seed round we actually moved into more more channels after that both so now we have both direct and channel sales gotcha okay cool and uh so you know before you got to that seed round um are you do you are you happy about getting that receiving that seed round or you know yeah. did you yeah correct yeah. Correct. So the, the seed round was also because I was very particular that we would actually like, like to work with uh, people in the industry. And uh, so it was more from a payments and uh, P, uh, POS, you know, so that's the kind of uh, um, seed round investors I was looking for because that was the segment that we were focusing on. Got it. Got it. Um, any, any, uh, tips regarding you know finding the right investors i think i think you know the finding the right investors it's it's it's, it's crucial because uh, you need to kind of get them to open doors and do, do introductions to you so the way that we looked at was we actually i mean i spent a lot of time uh, talking to people networking with people and um, made made sure that we actually found the right team to be able to come on board as investors or as uh, advisors. Like your, your initial stages. So, you know, your, your your first two years, did you have any employees in your first two years or was it completely you and maybe a partner? Was it completely bootstrapped? Like yeah. what, what, did, what did that look like? Yeah, so the, the initially it was a very small team. You know, we had about, I would say, um, yeah, I, I had like, you know, I, I was doing all the sales and uh, it was more on kind of, I mean, we, we, we had one direct sales guy, sorry, not only me, it was one direct sales. And then we had a couple of developers uh, because our development center is actually based in Sri Lanka. And uh, so that's that's where we had actually, uh, 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 some, some of the development was happening. And then it, it was a very, I, I think, uh, I would say a very, very skeleton team at the very early stage. Uh, yeah, very, very, uh, 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 small team. And you were, you were like, what were you doing at that point to get them and bought into the vision that you had? Was it, was it, you were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do something big here. 
like what were you saying to them to get them like really bought in yeah so we wanted to actually disrupt the whole um, restaurant ordering uh, system i think uh, the the interesting thing if you really look at uh, at that stage you know we were one we, we i think that that's where we were we were a little bit actually when i i personally was little skeptical thinking because we did not see that many competitors so we always ask that question you know if there's no competitors is there really a market for us right so that was some of the things that very early stage but we believe that you know if we can because our value proposition is to uh, small to mid sized uh, restaurants and uh, the way that we position ourselves is that you know having your own branded mobile app uh, for ordering and pick up you can actually help you to increase your revenues uh, uh, and and then kind of a bring a lot of efficiency compared to kind of a, like aggregator apps like uh, uber eats Do- doordash or grubhub so uh, we knew that the value but we were not too sure whether you know the restaurants would actually see that so i think that early stage validation by going to do getting feedback helped us to kind of a hone in our message properly and i think that's where we felt that the traction was good for us to actually very early stage very nice very nice i love it uh and uh, okay so then let's let's go to like after was there was there a point in the two years where you were like man this this is tough oh yeah i mean many 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 days <laughs> and i think the way you know it it was tough because uh, one one thing with restaurants you have to realize is the the owner makes the decision and the owner may be very interested but getting his his or her time to um, work with you to kind of uh, get the app get the menus set up all that would take sometimes you know you, you you because the building the app would take only a half a day but getting the owner or the the head of the business to meet you to dismeet means you know kind of a do a call with you may take 2 to 3 weeks so that was the biggest biggest uh, um headache we had of kind of uh, figuring that out yeah that's that's uh it's tough you know early stage you know it's tough and why do you think like 9 out of 10 businesses fail why do you think that's the case and is it do you even think that's true i i keep hearing that i'm not sure if it's true i i'm not sure whether nine out of 10 business fail i think most of the time they fail if you are not kind of a if 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 you don't have the passion and the perseverance um to go through that tough times i think uh, all for us i mean we we are we are still going through i don't think we are still out of out of it or i think it's just that you know you know when when you have you know three steps forward you you have one step back and then you continuously kind of a you know i i had an uh, advisor one time who used to tell me that you you go on drilling till you find the oil you know so it's it's like that <laughs> you, you you continuously go on doing it and you believe in it and then uh, you know it 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 just that you know kind of you get the tipping point of kind of of um, getting some of the uh, the product market fit and all that stuff you know so i i don't believe it's ten you know nine out of ten business fail i think most of the business fail if 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 you don't kind of um, uh, have the passion and the perseverance to take it on 
Yeah, I, yeah, totally. And a lot of people just don't want to be, they don't want to do the dirty work that it takes to, to make a business successful too. Like you, you were doing, you know, uh, you know, face-to-face cold calls and uh, not everybody wants to do that, you know? And, uh, and I feel like, do you, do, what do you attribute your now, your success now to? I, I think our, our biggest uh, kind of attribute, I, I mean, still we are discovering, but I think the main thing is con- listening to the customers. I, wherever I go, if I go to Vegas, I'll actually, we, we go to trade shows in Vegas, I would at least go and see maybe four or five of my customers. If I go to Dallas or New York or anywhere I go, I actually get a list of the customers and actually I, I'll ping them and tell them that I'm, I'm in town, like, can I come and meet you for you know, 20 minutes, you know, half an hour, see how things are going. And I, I would go and observe how people are doing. I, I can tell you, I was in, uh, uh, in Houston and we have a, a franchise who is using our system and uh, they just opened maybe three weeks before like I went. And I went and realized that, you know, interestingly how some of the uh, order pickup was happening was it's like a drive-through which was never we never designed it to be a drive-through we were, we expected somebody to come in and kind of uh, uh, come into the store but they they had designed it such a way that um, they come through the drive-through window and kind of give the qr code and pick up the food so like that i mean you you understand a lot of things when you start listening to the customers and and kind of working with them so for us i think that the main thing for me today, even I, I go through most of the uh, support tickets that come, uh, some of the customer inquiries, and, and I reply to some of them on my own, you know, regularly, daily. Wow. So that they email you a lot and you... And you... No, no, they, yeah, no, not me. They actually, it, it goes to the support line, but I oh. get CC'd on that. So I have a separate folder that I actually have all the support um, tickets. So I went, when I have, you know, daily, I'll kind of browse through that and I will ask somebody or, or I'll reply to one, one or two emails or kind of, a, so I, I kind of, I, the, I, I call it the pulse of the business. I think that's where you, 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 you really see what the pulse of the business is from the kind of the um, communication that goes with your customer and your uh, customer success or your support team. <clears throat> wow. Um, okay. And, and, uh, so once you received, uh, okay, so let's go back to your story here. So once you received seed funding after that, did your business take off or how, where, where did you start investing in? Yeah. So, so the more, I, I think we, we spent about almost 60% of our, um, seed funding was kind of a focused on building the sales and the marketing team. And, uh, so we, we started, uh, a new, you know, couple of new segments, the new channels were started with the, with the seed funding. So, I mean, the seed funding happened almost, uh, yeah, just, just about nine, nine months or 10 months ago. So it'll be kind of a year to this uh, oh. April. It, it, it's not, you know, so it will be only one year uh, since we kind of uh, had the uh, initial seed funding. So that, that has been, been, been doing, doing quite well for us. Okay, and and so the you said sales and marketing. You started building that out. What 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 did you start with first? Marketing, sales. What what did what was the first thing you focused on? Yeah, actually both. Uh, we did we did have a marketing team. Um, the team means we had actually a, a one and a half 
you know, we had one one full time person and we had a, a part time kind of a freelance person who was helping with our marketing. So we kind of beefed that up a little bit. And then we actually rec uh, started recruiting uh, 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 kind of a, a channel team. So we, we, we have about, you know, a couple of people on the channel side to work with the channels to kind of build a, a new um, sales channel for us uh, by, by our partners. We're more, more of a partner channel program. I love it. I love it. So, and then the channel partner program, how are you getting these channel partners? And do you feel yeah. like that's the best way to, to, to make a uh, uh, scale your sales team is channel Correct. partners? Yes. Yeah. So, so the channel partners for us, uh, maybe, you know, we, in the payment industry, we call it, uh, uh, ISOs, you know, independent sales organization that actually sell payment solutions. So Aplova is actually a really a nice extension for them as a differentiator when they go out to sell payments. So, so we work with, with some of the channels like that. We also work with uh, some of the POS uh, providers that wants to kind of a bundle Aplova as the, the front end for their digital ordering you know that's you know the kiosk mobile web ordering so that's the that's the channel that we are building right now we are still in the process of building but we we, we, we see quite a good attraction in that very nice very nice and then uh and then what about what about uh, your sales staff like what were you doing with your sales staff um to to help um scale that um, so we, when we say what we are doing is that we actually kind of um, increasing the sales staff or what, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Like increasing the sales staff. Like what did you, is that something you focused on increasing the sales staff and then you were having them mainly focus on channel partners, if I'm correct. Uh, yes. but, correct. but so, so we have, we have both. So we have a direct sales team that actually kind of looks after both inbound and outbound sales. Then we have a channel team, which, which is actually looking at more referrals. So we will work with the channel partners and they, you know, so there will be more referral sales, but that both we are actually expanding that, both the channel as well as the um, uh, direct sales. Got it. And, and what were you doing like uh, your, your outbound? What were you doing for that? And what were we doing for inbound? I'm kind of yeah, so, so, so outbound is mostly looking at, you know, uh, maybe the events we had been attending and some of the leads uh -huh. that actually kind of uh, on that and maybe some, some type of kind of a cold, cold calling, but not, not a much, but uh, inbound, we spent quite a bit of stuff on content marketing. And then we really kind of a building that whole uh, inbound uh, marketing engine. Uh, both on um, content marketing, social social media, and also a paid paid advertisement. Oh, I like it. Okay, so paid advertisement. Um, and so so let's go back to you said event. You were going to events. How, how are you executing on um, going to those events? What were you doing to get uh, sales, or were you doing like um, uh, you know? Uh, were you actually setting up stations at the, at these events or how is that? How are you doing? Yeah, so, so, so we, we, we target about uh, maybe about four to six events and we have like maybe three main events. So we will look at the payment payment events as one of our main events, uh, which actually brings a quite a number of uh, uh, resellers and uh, 
uh, independent sales organization like ISO. So that would be how we would be kind of a building the channel. And then we would also do some restaurants uh, events, uh, whether it's some regional restaurants uh, shows and the national restaurant show, which we will actually target for, you know, maybe uh, uh, kind of an end user restaurants. And so those were the two, two segments with which lends directly to the kind of the two direct uh, sales team and the channel team. So that's how we actually uh, augment or kind of complement the uh, other, other activities that we have been doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you a fan of events? Because <clears throat> it seems like you were going to quite a few of them, but were you, are, you, are you still a fan of them? Uh, no, I think the way the, I mean, the event, events can be very successful, but to, to be successful, you can't just kind of put a tent and decide people to come. I think you need to do a lot of pre-work and then that's how you actually become successful in that. So we start almost now, now for our event uh, in like end of April, beginning of May, we have an event in Vegas. We have started the work right now. So I think we, we start about three, three and a half months early. So I have somebody kind of uh, uh, planning the event, looking at the, um, you know, the people who we want to meet, um, making making sure that we actually create the right collateral. So you use the event more of a meeting place rather than kind of for setting up a tent and expecting people to walk in. So very rarely, I, I don't think you have um, very, you know, less than 5% for walk-ins, but I think it's more on kind of a setting up the right appointments, you know, because all these events, you know, the, the key decision makers of both, whether it's on the payment side or in the restaurants are going to be there. So how can you get their mind share? It's, it's what is what is important in an event for us. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you would, you would see an event, let's say it's like a restaurant event um, based on, on uh, you know, maybe a topic that'd be interesting to restaurants. And then you would try to set up a bunch of appointments to meet at the event? Yes, yes. For example, oh, like okay, let's, like yeah, yeah let, let, let's take the restaurant event, you know, and they said, okay, we are going to launch a, a, a new uh, um, kind of a analytics tool that may be based on, you know, you know, some, some of the, you know, the machine learning and that kind of a benefit some of the restaurants uh, that, that we are targeting as our customers. So we would actually um, get de their decision makers and others to be able to kind of, we would set appointments uh, with them beforehand. We would share some information beforehand and, but we say, hey, we're going to be at the uh, NRA at the National Restaurant Association, we would love to have a 15 minutes of your time to continue our discussion or to show you a live, um, act, you know, you know what, what's going on. So I think that's how we actually, you, you, you solidify some of that stuff. I love that. That's really, really, I like that a lot, actually. That's a really, really good approach. Um, and I didn't think about that because I was, I, I was going to events just expecting like to meet a bunch of people at the events, but you should really be strategic about those events. You should use events as a tool to um, bring new clients. Yes. No, I, I think because if not, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you, you will bump into somebody. So it's like a more like a um, kind of a 
you know, you know, you 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 pray somebody that will come and bump into you that will give you business. But if you plan it beforehand and say, okay, well, I, I'm going to target these particular segments or the customers that I want to meet, and you do whatever you need to do to kind of uh, um, get those appointments for you. I love that. I love that. Okay, so you were doing that, and then what was your what was you were doing content marketing? Where were you marketing? Where were you doing content marketing? So, so the content side is more about thought leadership and you know, kind of talking about saying, uh, hey, look, you know, we are going to kind of, um, uh, you know, some, something that uh, would help the restaurants. I mean, you know, I, to tell you a uh, kind of a real life thing is that, you know, recently, uh, you know, both California and New York raised the minimum wage for minimum wage and a lot of restaurants are kind of uh, um, having a tough time on that because, uh, it's a uh, you know it, it it directly kind of um, uh, affects them right. So one of the things that we talk about is that saying that hey look, uh, you can still have your thing, but you don't need to increase your uh, peak peak time traffic because you can have a kiosk and let let the kiosk uh, get take the orders and you 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 keep your current staff for to serving them. So you can actually. You know, people used to recruit people for um, just for the peak time, but you you don't need to do that anymore. Let 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 a kiosk do that, but still you will have your full time, um, you know, servers to kind of carry on the business. So yeah. like that, you would actually build a nice uh, a thought leadership and then kind of a take through them and show them. You know, we have a ROI calculator to saying you know how how you can what what would be your payback for your um, kiosk uh, investment and stuff like that. So those kind of um, content would actually appeal to most of the restaurant uh, owners because we are solving one of their key pain points. Got it. Got it. Um, where were you seeing? Where would you say you're seeing most of your sales come from? Was it like channel partners or outbound, inbound? Yeah. So, so mostly it's actually, you know, so, so we, like, like I said, you know, we, now we are picking up the channel side, but earlier it used to be mostly inbound. And uh, so now we, I mean, I, I, I would say inbound and channel are kind of uh, the main, uh, main two sources. Outbound is not as, uh, I mean, we would like to, because it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty much a, uh, Call call to somebody, which uh, you know the success rate is not that much. But inbound means they have they have researched you, they have gone through it. So we have a lead scoring system that helps us to see okay whether they have downloaded a uh, ebook, whether they have listened to a webinar, whether they have read one of uh, blogs, and that helps us to kind of see the interest level. So we would actually use that as a way to uh, target them for money inbound marketing side i always say like if you're if you're gonna do sales be in b2b initially because you'll learn so much you know in b2b sales as opposed to uh b2c sales um would you agree to, with that yeah so yeah i i think on b2b you you are i mean the you you're, you're kind of a looking at you know still is the same thing you're you're solving a Kind of a, a pain point for them and then you're kind of finding out how you position that to them but i think the key would be on a b2b uh, somebody would be more um, 
app you know ready to read some of that stuff from a b to c the the challenge is that it's that you know they they won't have the same pay, same patience to kind of a go and do research as you would have somebody from a b to b that's what i think mm. yeah totally i agree with you uh, 100% um okay and uh okay so so when you started seeing you know your sales pick up uh like right now how, how many employees do you have right now yeah so so now 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 we are we are we are close to about you know so we have now it's a close to about 26 people so we have about uh, um almost 50 uh, 50 50 we have about 12 developers about uh, and then we have the rest is mostly customer success and uh, sales team very nice i like it i like it um and uh, do you plan on getting to 100 is that your goal is is that what you want to do yeah i i think sales is what we want to scale and um, you know scaling sales is the kind of the uh, the main objective for us and we are still looking to kind of find the right sales team find the right sales leaders i think that that's what really kind of a, uh, it's not about recruiting people it's about having the right sales leadership uh, so that that's something we are constantly looking we are constantly talking to people um i think we are doing okay but i don't think uh, you know we can still do much better so we are constantly kind of uh, looking and talking to people saying okay how do we scale more how do we go to the next level so constantly looking at and i think we we are looking to be about 100 within maybe the in the next you know 12 to 15 uh, months i would say wow wow that's great i love that so you guys are planning on growing fast um well, we are we are planning to grow fast but not uh too fast it, yes yeah we need to kind of uh, uh, you know it needs because i believe in in something very closely is that organizational knowledge or the is very important when you are growing an organization so it's it's you know that passive knowledge that you have uh won't come um by increasing the numbers you know it, it just about being able to build that tacit knowledge and then once you have it at the right time then you can scale it yeah um quality over quantity right that's right exactly exactly got you um what what are things that um so you start recruiting you have like 26 people what are some things that like you can tell the listeners regarding um uh just key success areas key areas of success that that have helped you kind of get to where you are and and what will get you to the next level as well yes so so for us i think there are i i would say you know maybe uh two to three things i think on the rec- you you spoke up frank you spoke about the recruitment so i think it's very crucial when you recruit that you get people what we call the culture fit so culture fit is very important for us because um everything for me if you know the the early organizations that i worked you know the culture was something very very crucial so when we kind of uh, recruit people we look look for competency but also we look for culture fit so culture fit makes makes a huge difference because as a startup all needs to be able to have that same kind of a uh, vision of you know what we are trying to achieve 
you know so our, our vision is really kind of empower restaurants to achieve more so you have to really believe in what we are trying to do we we help restaurants in the process we are able to kind of build a great business out of that so that's the first part of it and i think the second thing is you know in like you know like we we spoke before um, you know building the sales organization the marketing organization you know kind of a doing that organizational uh, you know structure so that you you build at, like you said you know it's the quality over quantity and building the people that kind of be able to the leadership is there so that they can help you to grow so i would say those are a couple of key things that we look at at aflowa to kind of uh, engrave or kind of be part of that whole uh, growth journey for us you know i i would say we are at a very early stage of growth but i think we see a quite a good uh, uh, runway for us in the coming uh, you know couple of years that's great i love it uh so what would you say your culture is like what what are what are things that um are part of your culture that you really take very seriously and think is important yeah so i think i i think i mentioned this before so we are, we are a very very customer centric so we we kind of listen to our customers we go out of a way to kind of help our customers become successful and it's not just lip service you know we all believe in it and um you can we i mean we had instances where i had to put a person on a flight to go to uh, uh georgia because uh, she was opening her uh, franchise and this was the first location and she needed some help the, the and you know we we put a person because we were so serious about what we were doing and um, so that customer centric is one of our key things and the second thing is you kind of uh, working in teams and uh, you know it's it's important that everyone kind of work in teams and helping each other to be successful and you know so that's another cultural value that we take 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 very seriously and kind of a uh, uh, keep keeps to our heart and the the other things i kind of um, uh, being 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 kind of accountable for what we do so we we if if we make a mistake we take 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 it very seriously and say okay we are accountable for that and we we are responsible for the actions we take so these are some of the key ones that kind of we we kind of try to live by and then everybody who kind of uh, um comes to the organization is being kind of a you know talk about it constantly and you know getting feedback on you know how are we living our culture so the culture is something that you have to live every day it's not something that you write it on a piece of paper and put it up on the wall yeah totally 100% so you said you're communicating it consistently how are you communicating it were you um do you have like mission statements and things like that or yeah so yeah so that's at the early stage but then 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 in a in our regular meetings we will talk about it and you know and then you know some of the times we have we have our meetings we will talk about some some uh, uh, incidents that you know that you know the people will say okay you know this is what we did and you know we did because of this so so we try to get uh, a culture is something that you 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 need to get kind of uh, anecdotes and stories kind of a really Uh, brings out you know who you are and you know what it is so so that's another key aspect of kind of how we uh, uh build build that culture into the um, uh, into the organization yeah yeah totally okay um if there's a restaurant owner listening to this podcast how would they get a hold of you yeah so you can just come to just come to aplova.io 
and then you know just uh, you know there are a lot of resources you can go and learn about it and if you want to contact us you can actually there's a uh, a number you can call or there there's a demo you can just sign up for that and then you know uh, one of our uh, you know uh, team members would actually reach out to you Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing the podcast with us. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to conversing with you again. Thank you, Frank.